Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from, welcome to the Visual Lounge. We're glad that you're here with us today, whether you're watching live or listening to the recording after the fact, we're happy to have you give us a little bit of your time and hopefully we'll make it worthwhile today. So we've got a great show today. We're gonna to be talking to a favorite guest of mine, Andy Owen, who is from TechSmith. We'll introduce him in just a second. A couple of reminders as we get into the show, just remember we've got the Visual Lounge YouTube channel. Make sure you go out there and subscribe because going forward here pretty soon, I keep saying this, but pretty soon all the shows are gonna just be on the Visual Lounge channel. They will not continue to stream on the TechSmith channel. We'll try to make sure people are aware of that, get you over here to the right channel, but we wanna make sure everyone makes that transition with us because we, are honored to have you as part of our subscriber base and you know want to make sure we keep growing and getting the word out there about great things using visuals so uh again just if you have anything you'd like to comment on tell us what you like don't like make sure you you can tag us at techsmith anywhere on social media or you can email us at the visual lounge at techsmith.com we'd love to hear from you so with that said let's get into today's show okay so funny thing has happened. I lost all my notes because I don't know what happened, but we're going to introduce Andy. You guys might know Andy because we love him as part of the TechSmith family. He is now the social engagement and video manager here at TechSmith. So he spends a lot of time on YouTube, whether he's talking to viewers in the comments or behind the curtain, juicing up the reach of individual videos. He spent over 20 years creating video content and at least the last five of them here with us at TechSmith, which has been Super awesome to have him part of that. And I just got to say he is one of my favorite video creators and someone I love to have the opportunity to talk with whenever that is, whether on the show, but particularly not on the show too. So welcome to the Visual Lounge, Andy Owen. Well, thank you, Mr. Pierce. That was wow. a very kind intro. I always love your intros. You always have the best things to say about people and it just makes us all blush right before we come on camera. <laughs> you know, I don't mean any of it. No, right. that's not true. I, I mean, every single word of it. I, I, love, I love being able to have people on here. So it's, it's great. Andy, we've got a great topic today. We're going to be talking about, you can look below us. It says, stop reinventing the wheel. But before we get to that topic, a couple things. First of all, it's been a while since you've been on the show. And so instead of having people dig back into the archives, is there anything else that we should know about you before we get started? Oh, goodness. You know, it's one of those things. I'm terrible about talking about myself because uh, I find everyone else so much more interesting. But no, um, I, I do. I've been making videos for 20 years. Uh, I owned my own business for 10 of those years. Enjoyed it very much. Was a stay-at-home dad during that time. But I really wanted to get back to just kind of making videos and working with a team and doing that uh, and less of the business running side of things. So I've been really happy back at TechSmith, not back at TechSmith, but at TechSmith for the past almost five years. Uh, and it's been great working with you. It's a funny story, actually. And I think, I think I've told you this before, but uh, my wife, Chandra, who now also works at TechSmith, uh, attended Camptasia, which was an in-person event that TechSmith did years ago. Uh, and I remember her coming back and saying, there's this guy there that I feel like you would really get along with. His name's Matt. And I just, I think it's the funniest thing that years later we end up being, you know, collaborators and friends and get to get to do this and work together uh, full time. So uh, every now and then I think back on that and I'm just like, she was right on the money. I mean, <laughs> she's always very smart, but she she nailed that one. Well, and I'm glad that she did. I'm glad that she's right. So uh, today's show, Andy, though, we're going to get into some kind of practical things, but I want can we stay high level for a few minutes? Uh, and I don't know if philosophy is the right word, but as a video mm -hmm. creator, I want to I talk to you. Very first thing is uh, you are responsible for making lots of videos. I know you, you, you had your own business for a long time. What are... What are the influence, what influences you in the way that you make video? And I know this is super big and it's like, oh my gosh, that's a deep question. But I'm curious because I think it's, I want to get some perspective. Like, where do you come at when you start, start thinking about making videos? Like, what's behind you? Were you like interested in making like 
Hollywood movies, or were you always kind of in the instructional video space, or what's influenced you to make the videos you make today? Yeah, no, I wasn't in the instructional video space at all until until really I got to TechSmith. I mean, I think at a in a way I was teaching people. One of my jobs, I worked for a school district, and I wasn't a teacher, but I taught the teachers and students kind of how to use. At the time, it was I think it was Adobe Premiere, not even Pro, like six point five, uh, just to date myself. And so I would I would use the old version of Camtasia, in fact, to kind of capture my screen and show people how to do some basic edits. Um, but most of my inspiration, yeah, I'm a, I'm a child of the '80s, so Steven Spielberg and the like were, were kind of my inspirations to go into movie making and filmmaking. And uh, somewhere along the way, in college, decided it was really more video production or even radio broadcasting at the time and television. I, I just kind of fell in love with that. I grew up with, you know, my dad was a, a photography nut and he loved the science behind darkroom development. And so I've kind of always had an interest in these things. Um, but I think. I remember going into filming weddings because I did that for 10 years with my own business and thinking, this is this is going to bomb. I cannot do weddings. First of all, you know, everyone always says, oh, dealing with bridezillas and you can you can weed them out pretty easily. It's like any business. You kind of choose your customers as much as they choose you. And, and I had some great couples that I loved working with. For me, the problem was I wanted to be able to watch the video when I was done making it. Like, does this actually interest me? Is it is it worth doing? Um, and the first year of doing weddings, I struggled with that because I wasn't making interesting videos. I was just making a video and giving it and being like, yeah, here's your, here's your wedding. I filmed it. And now here you go. You have a copy of it. Um, and it wasn't until really maybe the first eight months that someone said, if you're not interested in it, they probably aren't interested. Like change it up, do something interesting. It's not just a home video anymore. You are a professional, take control. Uh, and I did. And I remember the first time I ever made a wedding trailer, like, like it was a movie, um, and now those are pretty common. You know, everyone sees a little teaser or trailer voting, but at the time it wasn't that well known. I'd seen a few people do it. And the first time I did one of those, it just reinvigorated my love for, you know, video creation and and film editing. Um, and and I still gave them kind of the full length of their ceremony and everything. But it was it was that if I'm not even interested in watching this, then maybe the couple would be interested, but surely I can't get anyone else to give me, you know, a second of their time to watch this trailer. And, and if you're at all owning your own business, you want people to pay attention to your work. Maybe you are making tutorials. If, if you can share them public facing, would anyone else want to watch it? Is it engaging at all? And sometimes I know there are limitations. It can't always be, you know, a, a trailer or, you know, in, but are you interested in watching it? Is it engaging to you? Do you find it enjoyable? And if not, that's a real challenge because you have to be able to watch it back. Someone has to be able to watch it back. So I think for me, the inspiration is, do I care? Now that I've made this thing, do I care enough to watch it? Yeah. Well, I, I love that advice. And I, and I love that that could be applied to any of the types of videos that we might talk about on this channel and in this podcast, because yeah, it's got to be interesting at some level, right? There, uh, yeah. I think sometimes we think we can just record something and if it's just, I'm just going to talk like I'd normally talk, like you still got to put something behind it. So I love that. Um, when you're starting to approach videos and we'll keep that being, having it be interesting to you in mind, uh, what are the kind of, like you're, you're, let's say you're going to a new project. What are the things that you're mm -hmm. tending to think about? Like as someone says, Andy, I need a video, or you're saying I need to make a video. I know there's a lot of pieces that could go into it, but are the kind of high level things that we should be considering, uh, mm -hmm. going to making into the making of a video? Yeah, I think a couple things. One is going to be, um, does it need to be a video? Is it is that the right source? Is that the right delivery method for it? Maybe it is, but a lot of times people just think, oh, I, I've got to make a video for this, right? Do you? Maybe it's a PDF. Maybe it's a graphic. Maybe it's you know something else. Maybe it's a course. I don't know. Um, and if it is a video that you need to make, uh, who's the audience? 
And what do they care about? Back to what do I care about? Like, do I care to watch this? Does your audience care to watch it? Do you know the demographics of the audience? Is it people who are, you know, 25 and under? Is it people who are 50 and up? Is it somewhere in that mid-range? Like all of these things feed into attention span and interests and tone of voice. Um, know your audience well enough to know what they're interested in. And I'm not saying box everyone in. There's a lot of, you know, you could you could say stereotyping, but I'm not even trying to do that. It's really just understand your audience, understand what they care about. Um, maybe you can find more specific demographics. Like, am I talking to, you know, X type of employees or am I talking to, you know, hobbyists of this hobby? Um, how would they enjoy this video? So audience understanding is key. Uh, and then I think planning. A lot of people think that the major parts of the video are done, you know, either in production or post-production, but we can't stress planning enough. We talk about it. I know you talk about it. We talked about it in the uh, TechSmith Academy. Um, whether it's scripting or outlining or, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on videos for YouTube that are channel trailers and I want to make sure that I've actually like storyboarded out my plan because it's more than one person involved. So I want to make sure that everyone understands their role and how it's going to look in the final product. And that kind of will influence how I'm going to act on camera and how I'm going to just talk to the camera. So um, everything so far, by the way, in everything I've just said, we haven't even started making the video yet, right? We're just talking about like knowing your right. audience and planning the video. Like I haven't even gotten to to making it. So um, I think there's a lot of research that can be done or at least, you know, knowledge of, of who you're going to be talking to that comes first. Yeah, well, I love that because it, it, it does feel like a lot of video creation doesn't have like it's fun to be like doing the recordings. It's fun to make like I like whether you like your voice or not, like it's fun to do the audio at times. Yeah. Sometimes even fun when you get to add stuff into your editing. It's like, Oh cool. Look what I they made. But like, that's not the, it's, it's work. It's work, but it's right. not maybe it's the, good oh. practice. Yeah. I mean, uh, no matter what, even throwing in, you know, a hundred different transitions and, and just kind of playing with it and going live. Sure. It's good practice. But if you start getting to the point where like, this is my profession or like, I'm really trying to up my game. Like then it's time to start adding these elements of like, okay, before I just do all of those things, What's my end goal? I should probably start planning for this. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we got together about five minutes ago. We're fine. <laughs> we're kidding. kidding. We're kidding. Anyone? <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Um, so I want to go one more question, and then we'll start getting into actually how to pare down like all the the extra work that you might need to do. But the question I have, because I think this is important for me is you're someone who's been doing this for 20 years. You know, you've got a long experience. I think a lot of us who are coming to this podcast, uh, who maybe are using TechSmith products, they're brand new. And and it's challenging to get into video creation because it, there's there's lots of moving pieces. It's working in a kind of linear, you know, non-linear editor fashion where you're thinking in a different way. What about video creation do you still find challenging? Mm, Nothing. He's, he's got one. it all down. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny because you spend so much time doing, you know, task X, right? Whether it's, you know, um, animating something or um, even just the recording of the footage, uh, or then you move on to uh, uh, doing the editing itself that you kind of, you kind of get bogged down in one thing that when you have to go back on a task you haven't done in a while, like I haven't worked in After Effects in a really long time. So if I tried to open up After Effects and, you know, make a 3D layer, it's not really video anymore, but I'm trying to think of something that was challenging for me. The, the um, I don't know, the portions that I'm probably most challenged with are <laughs> reinventing the wheel. Uh, no, but really, like, I think every time uh, uh, I have to 
kind of set the stage for a new show or a new series or anything that's going to be ongoing. If, I, if I'm just doing a one-off video, I can create a one-off video. But if I'm doing something that's going to have 12 episodes or is going to be a, a course, I want to find an established theme. I want to have an established set of colors or um, graphics. Uh, I want to know kind of the tone. And so again, I feel like a little more pressure with a longer series because once you're in, you don't want to change all the creative styling. Um, and so I know we're, that's kind of what we're talking about today too is you know, uh, don't reinvent the wheel constantly. Do something and then reuse it and reuse it. And it does help. Um, but I think creating those, there's a little more pressure because what if you don't like it? What if I'm on episode two and I already am like, man, I regret this choice. I wish I'd, I wish I'd done something different. It happens to me all the time. I would say we're probably, we, the creators of this content are going to look at anything we create way more critically than anyone else. Uh, we're going to be our own worst critics and our own worst enemy in some cases. Um, and, and I'm just as guilty of that as anyone where I, I'll look at, you know, the pixels that my graphic is off by and just it'll bother me to no end. I hear you laughing right now, Matt, because I know you suffer from the same sickness <laughs> I do. Uh, but it is. It's very frustrating when, like, you know how close you were to being perfect. But you know what? You're never going to achieve perfect. Um, I, I say to my son all the time, I'm, practice makes what? And he'll go, pretty good. And I'm like, that's right. Practice makes pretty good. Like, <laughs> keep working at it and keep working at it. Um, but perfect isn't the goal. Getting better is the goal. Well, I, I'm actually quite quite the lover of mediocrity. Uh, <laughs> pixels off. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. You got to yeah. get things done. Sometimes you just got to get things done. But I, I but exactly. I but I love what you're saying because it is true, right? Like you get stuck in this, and and I think you know, as someone who's creating a show, who's trying to be consistent and going week to week to week and creating stuff, we, we've obviously adjusted. Anyone that's been with us for, for the time can see, even now we're, we're rocking a different frame. We've tried some different mm -hmm. things, we've tried different segments, some work, some stuck, some haven't. Um, and, but I love that, you know, you gotta, you, you know, but you don't want to recreate everything every single time either, because that, right. that gets to be a lot of work. So let's, well, let's really dive into this, uh, reinventing the wheel, uh, so, Andy, what, you, we, we talked about this topic, but what is it that you think this topic is? Like, what should we go into? And I'll, I'll frame my questions from there. I've got some to ask, but I'm curious. When you say stop reinventing the wheel, what do you mean? I mean, anything you can templatize, templatize, right? Make a template for your work. Um, not every time is this going to be the best use of your time, but I think so often we're we're spending a lot more time in the creation of lower thirds, title graphics, end cards, um, color for our you know frames, our screen recording content. Like oh, I need to use this desktop uh, background or this desktop background or oh, you know some people like to customize their cursors. Like all these things that we really get into the minutia of that takes so much time. Make a template for it use that, and then you can make your video a lot faster. Um, and I think for me, I, I know today we have an example of like how to use a template in Camtasia. It makes it a lot easier. I even use templates in Finder. I, I work on a Mac. Um, you know, if you were using a C drive template, I'm talking about like a folder on your computer can be a template. Um, and so I would even, Matt, I, I sent you, you know, a copy of that. I don't know if you have it accessible not, or not, but basically I have a set of folders and we've talked about it before on this show and I've made a YouTube video about it on our channel. Uh, the idea being you have one main folder on your computer that you call, you know, project template. Um, and then from there, you basically build out your subfolders. And I do this every time. So there's uh, over on the right hand side, you can see he's got zero, zero projects. This is my template folder. In fact, I named my template folder Z underscore. You can see at the top Z underscore templates, because now I know where it's going to be found every time. It's at the bottom of my folder. Uh, and so 
I also have sometimes I'll do A underscore if I want like my brand guidelines up top, but Z underscore templates. And then the projects, uh, right now it's empty, but that would be where I keep my Camtasia project or Premiere or After Effects or whatever you use. Uh, the footage folder uh, for a YouTube series, I'll do like episode one, episode two, and keep all of the raw footage in there. The audio, whether it's uh, music or narration files, you can separate those into sub audio folders. Images can be thumbnails. It can be graphics that you need to put inside of your video documents are usually I use that for scripts sometimes I'll use that for image releases if we're doing interviews with guests and then exports and that's where I put my final video uh the in fact I'll put a bunch of drafts first and then the approved one and I'll usually delete drafts to save some hard drive space but every time I do a project every time I do a project it's based on this and I copy that z template and I rename it to what I need it uh and then I start populating that folder. A, it saves me a ton of time when I'm going and looking for footage on an old project because I know I've put it in that zero one footage folder every time. Uh, there's no guesswork. There's no, oh, which one ends in MP4? Like, oh, that's footage. Nope. I know right where I put my footage because it's the fastest way to get lost in a project is to not know where anything is saved or to save something as untitled. How many, how many people have things labeled untitled on our computer right now? Um, so being Download. able to organize it. It's called download, oh, yeah. actually. Everything, <laughs> everything so. in my in my um, project folder should should hopefully have a name and hopefully have an organi organized place that I'm going to find it, and that saves me so much time already. And that's not even in the video project yet. So, Andy, I want before we go down because I want to get to some of these these I'll, we'll call them physical. I know they're digital, but we'll, we'll call them kind of physical <laughs> components. I, I wanted to ask you real quick um, about things that like like scripts, uh, intros outro and i'm not talking about the things that are on screen but like things that you say or set up uh how valuable is it to to kind of pre-create some of those and i know it doesn't always work because but for instance let's let's take an example here at the beginning of the show i know i'm gonna say something like good morning good afternoon good evening i know at the end of the show i'm gonna say something about leveling up if, if you're new to the show spoiler alert if not you've heard Heads it up. a thousand times <laughs> but is is and you're making videos does that make sense to do that i mean i'm doing it because it's a live show it's weekly i need yeah. i need an intro it seemed like the best thing, like literally just came to me one day i don't know that it's great but like how how do you do you figure out when you should use those things as well as as kind of these physical pieces that you're gonna kind of always uh reuse see i'm glad you brought that up we didn't even talk about this in advance and that's one thing that i totally forgot is scripting templates are huge and we've got one we can find a download for it because i know we've got it on a couple of our videos on youtube already um but creating a script template again the template is just your starting blocks like from there you can you can kind of expound as much as you need to break the template apart but it gives you the guide and i think the beginning of your video is critical because how many people want to build out a bunch of fluff right at the beginning like hi i'm andy i've spent 20 years in video production and one of the things i can tell you about video production is how good i am at video production in video production what i can do no one cares like no one cares get into the subject of your video right away matt says good morning good, good evening good afternoon wherever you are and like you know you're into the video right then he's going to introduce the topic uh, if you can cut down on the amount of fluff, in fact, we had this conversation, uh, my team met earlier today and we were going over scripts and this script template is one that we've used for a couple years now. And so it's, you know, always in this video, I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Hi, I'm Andy from TechSmith where we help you show what you know. And then we go into the topic and they all kind of said, no one cares that you're Andy from TechSmith. We have it on a title, like just put, just put the title up. It was an interesting pushback from my team today. And this just happened this morning uh, where it was like, 
can we just dive into the topic? Like, would that be better for our audience? Would more, because if they just find the video and they don't even know who TechSmith is, they just are looking to get better at video. Um, and you spend all this time saying, hi, I'm Andy from TechSmith. Even, even that little time you don't have, you know, for long. Um, so we broke it down to just the intro to this video. We're not even going to introduce me or who TechSmith is. It's today we're going to help you learn X, Y, and Z. So step one is, and we go right into it. Now, that may not be the right solution for tutorials and for a whole lot of content, but for us on YouTube, we wanted to catch people and get them right into the content. So we're cutting out as much fluff as we can. And I think that's critical. Um, the same thing for the outro. I would say, you know, if you want to have a call to action, in fact, sometimes I, we've bumped our call to action a little sooner because you want people to watch the whole video. But I mean, let's be real. People don't always watch the whole video. So if you have an important call to action, you know, make sure you download this or make sure you subscribe to that put it kind of earlier in your video, maybe in the first quarter of your video so they know what you want them to do uh, and then go through the video and maybe at the end you can have that call to action again. But I think templatizing your script so that you have that framework of how to speak to your audience. You know, you've done your research on who your audience is and what they're looking for and the topics they care about. Um, and if we're only doing a video about one topic, because we've talked about this before too, most videos suffer from too many topics. If we only have one topic to talk about today, then I can make multiple videos, but do I really want to start from scratch every time? Or can we take this template and build six or seven videos in, you know, just a little extra time? It's not even going to take that much more effort if we already have a template for the folder structure, for the script, for the video editing itself, it's going to save you so much time. Yeah. So let's do this real quick. If you're listening to the podcast, watching the show, leave us a comment. Should I shorten up the intro to this show? Or do you mm. like the the intro? Like, let's let's put it out. Let's yeah. see. And if uh, we'll hear from a few people, and then we'll we'll make adjustments as called for. Because let's, but let's go ahead and put leave leave it in the YouTube comment if you're watching YouTube. Leave it in the live chat. Leave it on the you know email us at the visual lounge at textment.com. So yeah, uh, I, I, so I love that advice, Andy. And I love that you're doing that, and I love that we can always get better. And obviously, you got to know your audience. Like, I think the intro is often determined by your audience. It's often determined mm -hmm. by what your goals are. You might. Why maybe no one on YouTube cares who Andy from TechSmith is. I, I understand that. Uh, I know also sometimes in internal videos or other videos, you might need to, to share who somebody is, right? Absolutely. I am so-and-so. I'm an expert on X, Y, and Z. So just because Andy said, I, what I don't want people walking away with is do, no. do what Andy did, said. It's more like fit, make it right for your audience and your purpose. And I think and it's I think really that important. Was hopefully that was the clearer takeaway earlier, right? Is like, you've got to know your audience. Like everything comes down to who is your audience. So if my audience is on YouTube, then they're not here for me. They're just surfing through YouTube. But if they've come to the TechSmith Academy and they want to learn from Matt Pierce, then yes, of course they want to see Matt's face. They want to know who he is and learn from him because he's got credentials, you know, that they want to learn from. So I think I think it does matter again, like you said. So that that is very important. Don't just say, oh, well, Andy said, don't introduce yourself. No, no, the right audience needs to know who you are. Yeah. So I wanted to share some comments because we love our audience here in the live. Uh, and Garth is saying, since I started using a consistent project folder structure, I've saved a lot of time. So Garth, way to go. That's awesome. awesome. And he had, has a question that I, I want to get to that I think is literally the next question, similar, similar enough uh, to my next question that we'll just ask Garth's version of it. He says, how do you balance consistency and creativity? Because I, I think I feel this, right? Like, Man, yeah. I like making videos, but I like being creative. I want to do stuff. I want it to be exciting and new. And all of a sudden, you're telling me to say the same things at the beginning, use the same art kind of in it, same lower thirds, like same maybe same music or or, or whatever. 
all of a sudden it feels like, oh gosh, that's gonna get boring quick. Video five is gonna be a stinker because I have to work on the same, sure. th doing the same thing. So for you, Andy, how do you balance that creativity and the consistency so you're feeling like you're getting the creative outlet, you're feeling energized by it, you're liking what, you know, you're creating it for you to, you like it as well, but you're not, mm -hmm. you're not burning yourself by just being way inconsistent. Right. Uh, I find that changing my shirt for each video. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think this is a good question because this is something that I struggled against for a long time because people would tell me, you know, oh, you're working off a template, right? Because you're not recreating this every time. Oh, no, it's more creative to recreate every time. Yes and no. If you're making art, yeah, recreate every time because art is art. I'm, I'm making tutorials or, you know, teaching elements and I have art in them. We have elements that we want uh, to, to kind of catch the eye and be appealing to look at. But at the same time, it's not about the art. It's about the lesson. It's about the tutorial. So really it's, I'm going to build my creative piece, you know, one time. And then the creative piece comes in the content that we're presenting, right? So it's, it's either screen recording or it's live camera, you know, uh, conversing, whether it's scripted or off the cuff. Um, I think there's still room for creativity in the actual lesson that you build. Um, and in fact, it frees your time to be more creative in the lesson building. So whether it's screen recording or, um, you know, one of the things that we don't talk about very much, but we have to create what we call internally Acme content. Sometimes we don't want to show a real website or our own internal content because that would look confusing for our audience. So, you know, sometimes we'll build fake websites. Sometimes doing those kind of fake Acme contents, that's a creative outlet. Um, and we'll build it and then use it for a while. And then we move on to something else and build it and create it for a while. So again, we're using kind of this creative outlet and then templatizing it for a while and then moving on to another one um, when we get tired of using the same one over and over. But there's, there's all sorts of different ways to kind of bring about your creativity. And I'm not a writer. I don't find that writing is a creative outlet for me. So when I say like, oh, but then the content is your creative outlet. Not for me, not always, um, but the edit is uh, cutting out kind of the, the chaff, cutting, cutting the busy parts of the, or excuse me, the, the like fluffy parts of the video out. Sometimes we'll script in things that even after you're done scripting, you think you've perfected it, but you read it in the studio or to your camera. And as you watch it back, you're like, man, get to the point. Like, <laughs> I need to cut this out. Um, so there's still room for creative editing. There's still room for kind of uh, uh, changing and, you know, um, versioning as you go forward. So I know that doesn't fully answer like how you get creative, but for me, the time I spent being creative ended up being a lot of wasted time sometimes because I'm not also a fast content creator when it comes to like new graphics and new color styles, and new, you know, panels. I enjoyed doing it, but it was slowing down my process. And so uh, being able to kind of implement a set of graphics for these next six videos or 12 videos save me a ton of time and then change it for the next videos. You know, for us at TechSmith, when we're doing content, we have TechSmith brand and we have Camtasia and we have Snagit and we have Audiate. So, so we can kind of break up some of our stuff with these different color styles that each brand brings. Um, so there's, there's variety in that too. Uh, it's not always about the content. Maybe it's about the color scheme or about the tone of voice that you bring, but there's usually room for, for bringing creativity back in, in other areas. And honestly, if, if this isn't what, you know, saves you time, templatize something else. So we talked about templatizing the script. Maybe like me, you're not a writer. You don't want to write. If you use a template for your script, that has now saved you time and you can create other graphics for each video. Like maybe that is something you, you know, thrive on. Well, don't templatize the graphics, templatize the script, templatize the prep work and the folder structure, but leave something for your creative mind to kind of still build on.
Yeah. So, well, I, I love that you're thinking about this modularly, right? It's not just yeah. one thing you can, whatever you feel like you can templatize. I, I, I'm guessing uh, YouTube's probably easier, but maybe if you have an internal audience, this works as well. Like, you know, your audience, like maybe you don't mm -hmm. have to spend a lot of time thinking about what the message is. It's like, they need to understand this and you're just bring it in. And, and so maybe that's a lot easier. I do want to share another yeah. comment from our audience, Sandy, because I, I, I think it resonates with what you're saying. It's uh, Will over on LinkedIn says, I love this. Thank you, Andy. Automate what can be automated, templatize things, and that mm -hmm. frees you up to be creative in areas where creativity can be most impactful. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's right. And uh, I know next week our guest is Christy Cotavan. He's going to be on, and he, he's a Camtasia. He makes awesome videos about Camtasia, yes. cr really creative things you can do in Camtasia. And uh, just a spoiler here, one of the things I think we'll talk end up talking about is the, that the constraints that you have really empower creativity, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. true with what you're saying is that when we have these constraints, whether it's whatever template it might be, it really forces us to be like, okay, how do I, how do I get the most out of the thing that I do have to, like, I do have to worry about brand colors. Yeah. I do have to worry about certain other aspects that maybe TechSmith or whatever company I'm with deems as valuable or important. So I think it's one of those things like, yes, templatizing can feel restricting, but if you lean into it with the kind of the mindset, like, okay, what can I do in spite of right. my templates with work within these these creative restraints i think that's when often are i don't want to call it, i'm not an artist but oftentimes people are more creative because you have you have something to push up against versus you're just kind of free floating like whatever you want to do yeah. I, i've never made a good video that was just whatever you want to do <laughs> yeah just make it up it's fine no, well i think that the other thing i didn't even mention yet is like you know if we maybe we're talking about transitions too so you've got your template everywhere else and you decide you know what i want to change the transition i want to use a totally different transition um you know at techsmith if anyone knows our techsmith logo it's it's a square made up of three triangles so maybe i'm going to use one that has kind of a heavy feature on squares that kind of fly into the scene or triangles that cut across like it's not our logo but i can kind of play with the elements of our logo that still feel like a brand but it gives me something to be creative with that you know I wasn't necessarily thinking of. So there's different ways of kind of incorporating creativity. Um, and and as I always say, anytime I talk about transitions, and when you pick a transition, kind of stick with it and bring that continuity throughout your video. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of different ways that you can kind of customize how you're creative. I like the way you, uh, I like the way you called it modular. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. Like there's elements that you can bring in uh, of of a template or an automation um, that then you still do the part that you, that brings you joy creatively. Yeah. So Andy, I, I, we're, we're getting, you know, we've got a, few, a little bit of time left, but I want to get into some of the kind of the realities of, of what this might look like in a video editor. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked, I, we, I think we shared the script template so people can get that. We've got some of these things, other things we can drop links for, but uh, should we go over to the Camtasia and you can t walk us through your, this, this is a, now let's preface this. What are we going to see here? So this is actually what my team uses to create our YouTube videos uh, on the TechSmith YouTube channel. And so uh, when we work, now we do a mixture of Premiere and Camtasia, though we do the majority of our work in Camtasia. Um, we do a template so that every time, uh, you know, my interns work on this as well as our other full-time uh, editor, Katie. Hi, Katie. I know she's watching. Uh, Hi, and so, <laughs> so uh, when we work on these things, um, bringing continuity across is important. I don't want someone to say, 
oh, clearly today Noah edited that video or Josiah edited that video or Katie edited that video. Like it should very much feel like TechSmith's video. And if I wasn't here anymore and they put someone else in, it still has that same look and feel uh, no matter what. So that's why we use the template uh, for our team. Um, and you can see right here, this is actually the one we use. So if you've seen any of our videos, some of these elements might look familiar. Um, the bottom track is an audio track, and that is simply the song that we would have start the video out, you know, during the uh, intro, and then a little bit under the intro title card, and then it kind of fades out usually, or fades very quiet. Um, the cool thing about the template is if we save it with the audio points, you can see a little bit that at the beginning there's those spiked audio points, uh, or not spiked, but raised up, um, and that would go under the title card. No one's talking, so the music can get a little louder. You can actually save the audio points as part of the template. So uh, you can really save kind of every bit of the edit. Um, above that on track two is a placeholder, which is what the kind of bluish greenish gradient is on the canvas. And that literally is just a drag and drop area where I can put my footage. Uh, and once we put the footage in, then you can kind of go through and chop up any pieces you need. Uh, and then on track three is kind of where we have all the graphic elements. And so if you hover over the first hey, one there. Andy, real yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to point out uh, something that's probably a little hard to notice on screen. And I'm going to pull this out here, but you've, you've gone through and named Yes. These. So it's it should be very clear to anyone who opens a template like this. This is what goes there. Yep. So there's the video track. I can't quite read them here, but I think it's the it should say video audio. It's, it's screen recording. You got footage. You got music, and then track four above. Yep. Exactly. And that's that's another part of templatizing. That's another part of kind of automating and making sure that everyone gets on the same page, whether I'm sitting over their shoulder or not. They've got you know the all the stuff they need to be successful. Um, and so for this first part of the template, actually, uh, this is kind of our general title card, right? So we've got the, the text, we've got three cards. Actually, it's a yellow card, a white card, and a gray card. And the cool thing about this is if you double click into that group, so this is just a group that uh, Katie actually built in Camtasia here. Uh, you can see it's just shapes. So if you were to highlight, you know, the yellow track at the very bottom uh, and just select that one, you'll see on screen, it's just an angle uh, of, I believe, like a square or a rectangle. Um, and so all we did was took a big shape and slid it in and it makes this kind of nice title card. And so then she slid in a white one and a gray one. Um, and it looks like this cool angled module. It was super easy to build in Camtasia. It's just shapes and then a text layer on top. Hey, Andy, uh, and before so, we go, before we go mm -hmm. any further, I have a, I want to, I want to do something. Can we just play this back so people can get a sense of what, what, yeah, what yeah. it looks like? So here we go. Got our music. And there's my lower third. And then it's going to skip ahead a little bit. And I don't know what these are. So, oh, look at Hard that. I to say. This is where we say, make sure to subscribe to this channel and click the bell to be notified when we release more great content. So, okay. So I love it. And I think that gives some context to like what we're seeing here in, in the group, right? Like of kind of the mm -hmm. different pieces as that comes in. So you just said something that makes me ask a question here in this process. You obviously have a couple things that are phrases. Uh, what, what was about subscribe that you just said? Make sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell to be notified when we release more great content. And you probably say that in every, almost every script. Well, I sure do. <laughs> so do you ever think about, and, and, and tell me if why, yes or no, or why not? Uh, do you ever just record that and say like, that's the one? Obviously it'd be shirts, there might be a problem, but. What do you mean? Do like I record it and say shirt, that's the one? If you're wearing, if it's like oh. just a pre-recorded piece that you could just. <laughs> yeah, if, 
If I wasn't on camera, I would reuse that all the time. If it was a screen recording at that time, there is no reason I would ever re-record that. I would do it once and just put it back in. Uh, again, saving myself the the effort of, you know, hey, it's a template now. Um, I would also say, like, every now and then I think, gosh, there's got to be a less boring way of saying it. Because, you know, it's YouTube. Everyone's heard. Subscribe to my channel. Click the bell to be notified. Like, these are kind of standards. Um, and I feel like, you know, every kid on TikTok or every YouTuber is just like, subscribe, make sure to click that bell, smash the like button. Um, but there has to be a call to action. And that's what it is. It's a call to action. I want you to do something. I, to be able to release more content for more people to appreciate and get in front of more, you know, people's eyes that we can help with this content. I need the subscription and the like for the algorithm to say, yep, this is good content. Let's feed it to more people. So there are important reasons that we do calls, calls to action. But yeah, yeah, it's a I, template, and and I've memorized it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, absolutely, and that's why we ask people to subscribe to the new the new channel, right? Like we, Make sure we you help. do subscribe to the Visual Lounge channel. If you haven't subscribed, head over to YouTube, get to the Visual Lounge, subscribe to the channel, please, because oh, it, it is just the best way to get this content <laughs> in front of the right audience. I think it's it's super important. Yeah. So okay. So we've got a couple things here. Uh, are you uh, like music is one that I feel like. Gosh, I don't want to use the same music over and over. Are you using <laughs> the same music every video? So that's a great question. We use the same music for the same series, but uh, you know, currently we have two series going. So it's myself talking about video and kind of Camtasia topics, and then uh, Aaron from TechSmith is talking about uh, Snagit and kind of those uh, communication tools. Um, and so for her, we're using a different song than we use for me. Uh, just like for your show, you know, you've got a specific song that you use, and so it's. One of those things that we want to change it when it feels dated or old or dry, when it just kind of feels like, oh, okay, this is not working and we've heard it and it actually irritates people, then it's time to change the song. But if people recognize it and there's that kind of comfort to it, then it's a good one to keep and hang on to. Um, and for us, we've played around with, you know, whether the song, because I know this is kind of a hot topic in, in uh, learning and development, whether the music should or should not be on, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the results say that like music throughout the video is bad, but like it's okay to bring it in like during the introduction. And that's so generally that's, kind of the general rule. There's exceptions and, you know, you can, you can get around anything, it, right? but generally. And I think with, with ours, we tried that because one of our videos was like five to eight minutes long and it was a little bit longer than most of our content. And so you start looping the song and then it really starts to grate on your nerves, <laughs> not only as the video editor, but as the viewer. And, it, and again, so this is my kind of litmus test. If it's bothering me as the editor, it's going to bother my audience. Like that's just trust your gut on that. If it's boring or annoying, it's definitely going to bug them too. Um, can I so, can I add a, a thought to that? Because yeah. something I realized uh, early on in my time at TechSmith, I found this out the hard way. Uh, I'll say that is music. I had an intro and I was just templatizing pre templates and, and like things like Camtasia. But I was using the same music clip and I just take it from one project to the next. And the videos were super short. They're like a minute long and it was meant to be watched in a series. Like you could literally people were going like one, two, three, four, five, yeah. and it was the same music every minute or two because they were watching a minute sure. and it, and I got some really clear feedback, very clear <laughs> feedback that that was super like, why are you playing that song again? And it was and nothing I had thought of because I wasn't right. watching them in a series. I was, I was just going to say that. that's, that's an experience that the viewer is going to have that you as the editor wouldn't have. So that's interesting because that's not normally the case, but you're right. That's you, you, this is another reason you have to think of your audience, the experience the audience is going to have. That's, that's super interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, so, Andy. Let's let's look at Camtasia again. That's anything. So we've got you've got these intros. You've got the stuff. What else could we templatize here? I know uh, Christy was mentioning that he uses stuff from the library to make it easy. Mm-hmm. We can obviously use templates, but what can I repeat here? How can I make my videos faster, easier, more scalable? So I don't actually have it on this one, but uh, oftentimes if we're doing a uh, picture in picture, right? So the person on screen, kind of like what we've got right now, actually, this is a bit of a picture in picture where we're showing something next to us, but we're also on the screen and you've got us placed in squares. Well, maybe you want to do a circle uh, or you want to do, you know, a triangle or some custom shape. You can do that with the media mats visual effect that Camtasia has. And without getting into all the details of how it works, I would just say, that's something you can templatize. You can throw a shape onto your track. You can throw a media mat on top of it. And then each time you do a new video, just drag your talking head footage onto that track and put it into your shape. Like if Matt wanted to use the call out symbol that the Visual Lounge has, you know, as part of its logo, bam, you've got it every time ready to go. You don't have to, you know, go find where did I save the logo on my hard drive to bring it in. Nope, it's part of the templates right there waiting for you. Um, this is something we do with, you know, logos all the time. Like we save logos in a standard place. Um, we have, you know, uh, the, I was going to say Instagram, but all social media icons kind of on this template because there used to be an end card on the template where it was like, make sure to follow us on these social media channels. Well, we found the end card was a problem. So this is the other thing about templates. They're modular, they're changeable, they're editable. You can grow with your template. So we were having a 20 second end card because that's how long YouTube will allow you to leave an end card. There it is. Um, We don't use that anymore. I love that end card. I think it's beautiful. We put videos on the side in the yellow there so you could choose which one to watch next. But the problem we realized is, and Matt, you and I have talked about this a bunch before, kind of that indicator of when the video is done, uh, when I would start to say, and there you have it. Now you know how to do X, Y, and Z. Once I said that, people were done listening. They, they'd checked out. They knew they were, they'd gotten everything they came for. So now that's where the end card comes up. And I don't even bring the graphic anymore because I'm probably going to talk for another 20 seconds about, and that's how you do X, Y, and Z. So I hope you learned something. Leave us you know, a note in the comments for what you're going to do with this trick. And be sure to follow us you know, or be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell to be notified. I kind of wrap it up on the end as well. By the time I get through that, no one's sticking around for the graphic end card. So it was important for us to kind of bring those end cards up over the footage of me speaking so that people knew, yep, it is done. Click the next video to stay in our funnel. Or maybe they were done. Maybe they've gotten what they came for and they're all set. But either way, it's that you know kind of psychological indicator that this is over. Yeah, I think a, a couple other things I want to make sure we mention, and we'll get to our speed round here in just a minute or two, Andy, because gosh, times go so quick. Um, things like, I I, want to make sure we talk about like, uh, real quick. So things that I think also could be on hand, ready to go, maybe not a template, but, but ready colors, brand colors Mm -hmm. in case you need to do something that's not in your template fonts. I feel like are a good one because huge. Yep. Oh, I'm glad you bring up fonts. This is, so this is an important topic too, that we learned, um, you know, with, with a new intern who's joined our team, if they haven't downloaded our font pack that we use and we send them our template, then Camtasia, like most software on your desktop, only can use whatever fonts you have on your computer. So the first review from a new intern we get and we realized they used a different font, but we sent them the template with the, oh, okay. This was also a key indicator like, hey, you need to make sure to download all of our brand packs and all of our, you know, uh, things that maybe didn't come on the computer. Usually they do. So things like that can get can get kind of uh, a momentary, you know, uh-oh, where'd the font go? Like that was part of the template, but it's as simple as just saying, oh, here it is. Go ahead and install it on your computer and Bam, it fixes it. So fonts, fonts is an interesting one that you know we found is more of a computer issue uh, than a Camtasia issue, but you just have to make sure you've got everything that you need. Yeah. 
So, okay, what else, what else do we need to make sure we have on hand? I, I find, and I think the library is a really good place to store these things, logos. Logos. Uh, uh, being aware of, uh, and, and, and this may be less of a template thing, but be aware of the right padding around things. Because I know I worked for mm-hmm. a large multinational firm and they had very specific information about how much space needed to be around that logo, what colors that logo could be on. So just your brand guidelines in general can be super helpful. Yeah. What, what else am I missing? What should we have on hand kind of our, as our last thing here? Gosh, I feel like you're naming all of them. I mean, you know, the song we already mentioned. Um, in fact, the funny thing about the song, too, is uh, even if you change the song, um, Matt, I don't know if you still have Camtasia up. If you do, we can, we can show it in here as well. Um, but in the template, if you right click on the song that's in the timeline, I could now... Uh, I think it's convert to placeholder. So we might not be able to read it on this size, but if it says convert to placeholder, now the song is gone, but it held those keyframes that we added, those volume points. So if we put the volume points at the beginning in a specific place to come up and get louder under that title card and then get quieter when our speaker comes back on, I can put in any song I want and it'll retain those volume points. And I think that's a super helpful thing. Uh, if you know we've decided we really don't like the song, let's swap it out. Let's, it still retains that information. So. And again, sometimes I move those points if my you know, intro is a little bit longer or a little bit shorter, but either way it's there and it's a good reminder that you do need to get a little louder under the title card. Yeah, and I'm gonna give- but as uh, far as, oh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, as far as other assets, you, you mentioned all the ones I can think of, honestly. It's logo packs, it's colors, um, fonts, just kind of all those assets, music, um, video footage, if you have, you know, uh, I can't think of I can't think of other ones, but those those are the major ones. As my as my camera goes fuzzy here, so yeah, I think <laughs> I'm looking a little blurry on my own preview. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna shut down. I've got too many I'm things st- open going on here, but uh, I think Andy, I think thank you You're for good. sharing these. I think the thing is for for our guests or for our audience listening, anything that you can pre prepare that you know you're going to use more than once is probably worth yeah. grabbing. Uh, I think it's just you know putting it together in these packages yeah. makes it easier, so you don't have to rethink about. it. I think that's a the other thing, some of the decision fatigue that can happen in video editing is real. That you're making cut, cut, cut. What do I do? Yeah. Some of that stuff you can't get away from, but some of it's like, oh, good. I don't have to think about what an intro should look like. And then, you know, I think good experimentation says you always, once in a while, you try things, something different. Like I'm hearing in the chat, yeah, next week so. we should try something a little different. Maybe get to the content a little faster. So Christy, be ready next week. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Andy. <laughs> Lightning round's up front now. <laughs> That's right. Are you ready? Because we're going to go into our speed round. I'm ready. All right. For anyone who's listening who isn't familiar with speed round, these are fast questions, fast, hopefully faster answers, uh, and give a chance to have a little bit of fun with our guests. Uh, some are, are usually, there's at least one on topic. There's usually some that are a little bit to get to know the guests even a little bit more as we wrap up the show today. Okay, Andy, we like we said at the top of the show, we've known yes. each other for a while now. But uh, since we're not reinventing the wheel today, what's the best place you've ridden your one wheel? So for those who don't know what a one wheel is, you'll have to describe it real Ooh. quickly. But Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm not too much on a delay here. My, my internet's messing with me. But on a one wheel, my favorite place to ride was actually to work. Uh, I used to live two miles from the office uh, and I would ride my one wheel. And oh, I didn't explain what it is. A one wheel is basically a skateboard uh, with one giant wheel in the middle uh, that is self-balancing, kind of like a Segway or, you know, um, nope, like a Segway. Uh, and, and the idea is it, it 
can go up to like, you know, somewhere between 16 and 25 miles an hour, depending on the kind you have. And you lean forward to go fast, you lean back to stop. Uh, it's very scary at high speeds, but it's wonderful. And it's got a big go-kart wheel in the middle. And I used to ride it to work every day and I loved riding it to work. Uh, I lived closer then. I've moved farther away since, so I don't anymore. But that was my favorite route was riding it in the morning to work and riding it home af- in the afternoon, especially on nice weather days. It was nice Fantastic. and relaxing. So, okay, hopefully the delay doesn't get us. You're coming back a little clearer. So what's Seems one like tip you have for video creators that you never get to share but want everyone to know? So something that you don't, like, we have lots of tips, lots of things we've talked about over and over, but what's something, something you don't get to share very often that you wish you could share? Oh, man, I feel like I'm such an open book. I try not to keep anything to myself. Oh, what would I share? Um Okay, here's what I would share. And this may be a little too technical, but uh, our YouTube videos, we shoot them in 4K, but we always produce our videos in 1080p. So if you're familiar at all with, you know, I'm, again, I'll try and keep the technical a little out, but uh, if you're familiar at all with 4K, you know, it's it's uh, much larger resolution than 1080p, d- uh, double basically. Uh, but that, that means that when I'm producing a video, the quality is huge and I can zoom in on my footage. So I could crop down to almost just my face in the shot uh, and still not have zoomed in past kind of 100% of my quality. And I know this is kind of a confusing way of explaining it, um, but when we produce our videos, it's in a HD uh, format, 1920 by 1080. But doing it in 4K, filming it in 4K, and then producing it that small means we can kind of zoom in and zoom out and never zoom over 100%. So if you film at a smaller resolution and stretch it, it's going to get pixelated and blurry. So we film at a larger resolution and shrink it. Uh, and then we can kind of sh- zoom in and zoom out. And it gives us a little more bandwidth um, without compressing our image. And so that's one tip that, you know, often I don't share it just because it gets confusing when I try to explain it. Um, but but that's one that I think has helped us. Uh, if you watch our YouTube videos, you'll notice there's one camera in a lot of them. And that was kind of a result of the pandemic. Um, but there's one camera and I kind of would just zoom in and zoom out on two shots because I can just do it that way. Yeah, for sure. All right. You know the next two questions because I know you've seen the show, but where do you turn for inspiration? Oof. Uh, other YouTube videos, actually. Right now, um, it changes from time to time, but I've been watching a lot more YouTube even than I used to. And, you know, I've been watching probably since Casey Neistat was, you know, quite before he started his daily vlog. For those who don't know, he was a, he was a vlogger. Uh, he's still around, but doesn't do as much. Um, but he used to do nike commercials and big brand commercials with just him and like a handy cam he would travel the world and kind of blow the budget on travel and doing these fun creative videos and it was just super inspiring to watch how he would kind of reinvent advertising uh by living it like if we say just do it and just go on an adventure he would take the money he was supposed to spend on a big budget commercial and go on an adventure and kind of film it with a handheld camcorder that was super inspiring not necessarily something i'm going to do but watching how he would use creativity in place of a big budget of, you know, a camera crew and a light set and a studio. Um, and so I think that kind of um, guerrilla, you know, filmmaking is always inspiring to me to watch. And so there's a lot of YouTubers doing a lot of really creative things. I know uh, Katie, uh, who we work with, loves full-time filmmaker. They do a lot of really great uh, filmmaking courses uh, for people who want to get into it full-time. I feel like I just made that one really obvious. Um, but there, there are a lot of really, really creative YouTubers and creators out there. Um, and, and so it's just fun to kind of surf and see what other people are doing. Yeah. We're going to go to our next question. Then there's uh, one or two questions or comments from the audience. I want to make sure we go through, but our last question in speed round is always, what question do you have for me? And I'm a little scared because I, you, you've probably had a chance to think about it. 
Gosh, you know, I haven't because I'm very selfish and I mostly thought about what I was going to answer. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I want to know what's the what's your favorite video you've made while at TechSmith? Like which one stands out to you as like, man, I'm, I'm just never going to not be proud of that. Uh, that's a great, great question. Um, I mean, I think I think some of the, pri the things I'm most proud of, uh, no one will ever see. <laughs> uh, they're old. I, I'm very, I, I really am proud we of make uh, sure of it. Well, I'm very proud of the forge, which yeah. was a, like back in 2011, I think it was, we started a live streaming show, which, you know, uh, it's obviously over time we stopped it and it transitioned and it made this show possible. But I, I feel like we were doing stuff at the time that was really interesting in terms of the technology wasn't there. The platforms weren't there. We didn't have YouTube like we have it now. Um, but there's one that I, I, I had a part in, uh, in terms of like kind of behind the scenes that I, I, I think was pretty fun. It's, uh, survive another day with Cam with Camtasia. And it's about like the green screen. It was just a fun kind of execution. It's kind of based on the TV show 24 and there's like, mm -hmm. there's running and down a railroad track, there's like dry ice. So some special effects and, uh, it, it got lots and lots of attention, but it failed because of mm -hmm. the end cue that you talked about like yes applaud when people applaud in a video guess what that usually means kind of an end and people stopped watching so they didn't get the message so it failed but it was super fun to be part of it. and i'm proud of the work that was done on that and the creativity that went into it and um so i mean i think there's you know there's lots of little things i've got other failed videos too that i thought like, <laughs> this is gonna be really great and it, yeah. it didn't work but it was you know i thought it really stretched me as a as a creator and uh really proud of this i mean I'm going to, I'm gushing about all the videos. It's all the videos, Andy. There's no one video. This is uh, why just, I have to, I'm making you make, you got to pick a favorite. <laughs> gosh. I, I, so I think the forge is probably my favorite stuff. Uh, I, I like what I'm doing now, but I, I'll also say I feel very lucky and blessed to have been part of the very early days of tutorial videos for, for yeah. TechSmith, because I feel like even in what our awesome customer education team that Jason does, uh, uh, Ryan H does and Chandra does. And I mean, Ryan was here, kind of right there along with me in the beginning. Uh, but I think what we did, the formula for the most part, it's, it's shifted, mm -hmm. it's adjusted, it's updated, but I think it's still there. And we were just the, the team that was working on that. And we really solidified, I think a lot of good principles that are still in practice today. So. Yeah, absolutely. You're always, Matt's always breaking new ground and no one even, no one outside here knows it unless you do. If you've been a viewer of Matt's for a long time, you may know this, but like Matt has been doing the visual lounge in different iterations with the forge and with so much more. You guys did a 24 hour live stream before live streaming was the thing that people actually attended. So, I mean, like it's, it's so cool that Matt's always ahead, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, what is it? The, the, um, soothsayer in, I think it was Julius Caesar who has the ability to tell the future, but unfortunately no one actually ever believes that person. So they just are <laughs> cursed to know what's coming, but not be able to convince anyone that, Hey, live streaming is actually a big deal. Pay attention. Well, thank you for that. But you know, I, I, we all have our misses. So a couple of things, uh, there's one question. Do you do 360 video? I do, yeah, personally. So I love doing 360 video. Actually, the one wheel question kind of pertains to that. I used to take, uh, uh, it's, let's see if I can get it without moving everything off my computer here, but I've got mine just out of reach right now. I use a uh, Insta360 1X camera um, and it's got you know the, the bulbous lens on both sides. And so the fun thing about those when you use them is um, you can, you can just film, walk around with your 360 camera, you know, held it out in front of you. And, you know, you don't have to turn the angle or anything because in post-production, you can re-edit the angle 
Um, and you can also release 360 videos, you know, for virtual reality or for, you know, uh, the Oculus headset or different reasons. But for me, it was just fun to go skateboarding or one wheeling down the sidewalk and hold this camera at different angles, but focus on the skateboarding, focus on the actual like riding and then bring, you know, in the camera into post-production and reorient the angle later. And so that was always fun. And I think that's a super fun feature about 360 cameras. I don't typically release them as 360 videos. I just find not that many people find them. Um, and so it's usually more fun in the edit process for me. Yeah, we should clarify, not not available in Camtasia 360 nope. videos. You're going to have to go nope. find something else to I mean, do, for, do for the edits. one I'm using, it comes with an app on your phone. And so it's it's you don't even use an editor most of the time. You just use their, you know, standalone app. And so, and it's not great. It's, it's got sticking points, but, um, it's, it's not currently the technology of today. It's still a little bit the technology of the future until they really work out all the bugs. Yeah, for sure. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for all the great tips about stop. We can, isn't it funny how we tied in the one wheel? So we're going to stop reinventing <laughs> yeah. the wheel. Uh, oh man, I didn't even catch that until now. Oh, I was, I was so happy when I thought of that. Idea. <laughs> but thank you for sharing all these great tips and ideas. Guys, if you want to find Andy, where should they go? Find me on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the YouTube channel for TechSmith, but individually you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Andy Owen. I think my username is something like Owen Films. Uh, but yep, LinkedIn is my favorite place to, to meet people and connect. Yeah, for sure. So thank you very much to Andy Owen for being with us and all the great information, ideas. Hopefully you're walking away from this thinking about how you can templatize, how you can create content in faster ways by having things ready to go and ready to just put in there so you're not having to make all of those decisions along the way. You can preload it and then work against those constraints, still be creative and create interesting video for yourself as well as for your audience. So next week, we got Christy Kodavan, or some of you might know him as Grassovit Graphicious. I'm gonna practice that this week, Christy. Uh, anyways, it's gonna be another great show. Of course, if you've got feedback, thoughts, comments about the length of the show, the, the intro, the length of the speed round questions, and or the intro, send it to thevisuallounge at textment.com, or don't forget to comment below, or hit like, subscribe, do all that stuff, ring the bell, smash the like button, whatever you, it is that you prefer to do, because that helps us know that we're making great content. And as we always like to end the show, talking about templates, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, take a little time this week. Go out and make another better video, level up just a little bit. And we'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>